Hi, this is Brian Colon, the game designer who helped create games like Rampage and Arch Rivals and Xenophobe and Pigskin and many other early, what are sometimes called classic games. And you are listening to Atari Bytes. me, Bill. Oh, I can't be. Just sent you back to the future. Yeah. Oh, I know. You did send me back to the future, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. Great Scott. Hello. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 127. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Phew. Man, traveling through video game time is exhausting. We just returned from the future that was in television, as we have wrapped up in television month. Our first annual in television month, I think. It was pretty fun. Programming note, you will probably hear from time to time my dog Bug barking in the background. I'm sorry about that. She's been quiet all morning and, of course, has waited until now when the recorder is turned on to start barking at imaginary foes out in the yard. So, apologies for that. Uh, You're probably used to it by now because I realized as I was editing last week's episode that there was a lot of barking. So, posthumous, that's not the word I'm looking for, uh, post-apologies for the barking last week's episode. Apologies this week on behalf of Bug for, you know, sort of insatiable barking once again. Anyway, uh, those of you who listened to the Intellivision Month episodes, I hope you enjoyed them. It was fun. I think I will probably make that an annual thing. So what's been happening, guys? So what's been happening, guys? I really wasn't in the mood, for whatever reason, last week to do a Mad Mike Hughes update. So why don't we check in with uh, Mr. Hughes this week. Uh, He, of course, is the uh, limo driver out in California. He's on a quest, was on a quest, to prove that the Earth is flat by launching himself into space in a homemade rocket. Uh, ran into some, to some financial difficulties, had some trouble with finding a reliable production company to film it. Um, he does have a number of items for sale. T-shirts and parts of the uh, rocket that he busted up. He's got a movie coming out called The Chronicles of Mad Mike Hughes, One Man. On June 8th, he posted a teaser trailer, not for that, but for a documentary. He calls it the upcoming feature documentary, and it's called... Rocket Man. Well, that's original. You can find the teaser on YouTube. I believe in the G 
geocentric flat earth model. I'm not going to take anyone else's word for it. I'm going to build my own rocket right here, and I'm going to see with my own eyes what shape this world we live on. Why should the general public trust you if they can't trust NASA or the government? NASA receives over $50 million a day. Now, who's going to turn that water faucet off? A lot of people have got the idea that he's just some kind of a nut. He might just be crazy. Yes, yes, he might. All right, well, you can check out that trailer on, uh, like I said, on YouTube. Um, when does this thing come out? I don't actually know when this comes out. The other posts are basically other things he's got for sale. Oh, okay, let's see. Maybe Rocket Man has its own Facebook page. Let's, uh, take a look. Yes, it does. Rocket Man has its own Facebook page. Man, I'm going to have to start checking two Facebook pages. I already put out a podcast every week. Man. Well, I guess I do need to know if the Earth has proven to be flat. I don't want to be driving along and fall off into space. Let's see. On the Rocket Man page, uh, they also have a link to the uh, Rocket Man teaser trailer. Um, the cover photo has been updated on June 7th. Uh, it is a cool looking photo. It's the Earth kind of squashed flat into a disc with uh, icicles hanging off of it and a rocket uh, launching from the flat Earth. Cast and crew of the documentary, there's one dude who's a, a young buff dude here. I wonder if he's supposed to be playing Mad Mike who's like a middle-aged, not-buff dude. Uh, some production stills from the uh, documentary, etc., etc. Nothing on here says anything about a release date. If any of you see this movie, let me know. Because honestly, despite these weekly updates, I'm not going to, you know, bust my butt going out to find it. Frankly. Let's see. And that has been this week's Mad Mike Hughes update. I really need uh, some sort of a, a jingle for that. If any of you has any ideas for uh, music that I could use for these Mad Mike Hughes updates. Let me know. What else is going on? Regular listeners of this podcast know that along with Atari games, I am also a huge Doctor Who fan. So this article caught my eye. A student revives Doctor Who's canine companion with a Raspberry Pi and Arduino, which I'm probably mispronouncing. You Doctor Who fans out there in the audience probably know that K9 was a companion of the fourth Doctor and what fourth doctor versus fifth doctor, second doctor, or whatever it means, isn't going to mean anything to you who aren't Doctor Who fans, but it really doesn't matter for this piece of news. Tom Baker played that particular doctor. He had a companion for a while uh, called K-9, who first appeared in 1977's uh, story The Invisible Enemy, and he was a... Basically, they called him the Tin Dog. He was, he sort of looked, he was a little robot, and he sort of looked like a dog, and he had lasers, and he would provide, as this article says, sassy commentary. And he moved by, at that time, he moved basically over tracks. So they would, like, hide these tracks in the in the sand or whatever if they were on a sandy area, and, and then he would move around. He had a lot of trouble moving around over rough terrain, so they had to keep figuring out ways to basically keep him in the, uh, the TARDIS, the time machine that the Doctor travels around in. Eventually they got rid of him, just because, even though the fans liked him, he was a pain in the ass. To, uh, to operate on set. But there were a number of Doctor Who er, canine props, and one of them was bought by Aberte University. Uh, they bought it in 2011 from the BBC, along with a bunch of other Doctor Who props. And this college kid, Gary Taylor, found it in the university lab uh, after some water damage from a leak in the building. I guess maybe he was moving stuff because of the water damage. Found this canine. He's a Doctor Who fan. He recognized what it was right away. Thought it would be worth resurrecting. So he did. He used modern technology to try and rebuild K-9. Uh, 
Most of the original canine props were simple radio-controlled machines brought to life with special effects, and they weren't really true robots. I call him a robot because that's what he was in the show, but obviously he's not a real robot. Taylor, though, set out to actually give this prop some canine abilities. So he, he you know, looked to Raspberry Pi. He, some of this techno babble isn't going to mean much to me. Uh, some of you will understand it. So he took the prop, the canine body, and put in a Raspberry Pi 3 and an Arduino Mega. The Arduino receives input from ultrasound sensors and provides motor control for K9 to move around. The data from the ultrasound sensors is fed to a Raspberry Pi, which in turn manages an SQLite database and connects to an Android app via Bluetooth. The app uses the hardware to create physical maps of K9's environment, allowing the robot to roam autonomously. He may or may not be able to fire a laser, but he can certainly find his way to the TARDIS, the time machine. That's very awesome. I wish this article that I was looking at had some video of this canine prop moving around, but it does not. Oh, it, the reason he, the kid did all this, uh, not just he's a Doctor Who fan, he also used it as his project for his computer science dissertation. So, big props. Eh, see what I did there. Uh, to Gary Taylor for doing this. Now let me see if I can find some video. No, no I cannot. This article, or other, man, me talk good today. This other article that I just pulled up has a schematic uh, they call it a block diagram from Gary's dissertation. Not a schematic, actually, but it looks to me like a flowchart. But it's got all this uh, gobbledygook. Raspberry Pi and Bluetooth and Android app and all these arrows pointing to how this uh, chain of, I don't know, circuitry or whatever works together to make a canine move. All I know is they made a canine that moves, and I'm a nerd, and I think that's awesome. If any of you are Doctor Who fans and have thoughts on this, uh, let me know. What else is new? I was at Planet Funk Con, sort of a Comic-Con derivative where I live, and there were not a whole lot of video games at all, really. The emphasis really was more on comic books and superhero-type stuff, which was fun. I'm not knocking that at all, but I was really there interested in Atari stuff and maybe some Peanuts, you know, Charlie Brown Snoopy stuff, which I didn't see any of, really. But there was uh, there was one vendor selling, like, uh, PlayStation... Xbox, um, and maybe some Sega Genesis games, that kind of stuff. There was, But there was one other vendor who primarily had, like, Star Trek and Star Wars collectibles, action figures and ships and stuff. But he also had, like, uh, not many, like eight or nine sealed box Atari 2600 games. And I picked up the iMagic game Cosmic Arc, which I did on the show earlier on episode 20. Four, I believe. So go check out that episode. As I recall, it was a fun game. I think what I liked most about it was that for a game of its day, it gave you a lot of stuff to do. Uh, and I appreciated that. In Atari games, which are typically pretty simple tasks, that game uh, was relatively complicated. Uh, so they had that. Uh, and, and the box art is pretty cool too. So And honestly, it was pretty cheap. So I picked it up. I posted a picture of that on uh, social media the other day. I'm not uh, intently seeking out carts and boxes, but I am sort of casually doing it because they are nice to have. If I can get loose cartridges for now, uh, that's mostly what I look for. Uh, frankly, I need material uh, for producing the podcast. But 
once in a while if I can find a, a reasonably priced cartridge in a box, particularly if it's a game I really like, I'll pick it up. So I was happy with that. And the other thing that uh, was awesome at Planet FunkCon is I ran into Brian Tolan, co-creator of many great games, including the Rampage series of games, and I got to meet him for the second time. Um, I've emailed, had some email correspondence with him in the past, but I actually met him in person, uh, as regular listeners of the show know, I met him at uh, Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee, got to shake his hand, tell him who I was, and he was at Planet FunkCon this weekend, uh, as I record this. So I, I went up and reminded him who I am. He seemed to remember me. I don't know if he did or not, but regardless, he was very nice. The best part was they had uh, uh, one of the local um, uh, Analog Arcade, a, a local uh, uh, bar that, that has video games, had some video games there, cabinets uh, for people to play. They had uh, Galaga, another one I can't remember the name of, and, uh, and Rampage. And there were some kids, I don't know, they are probably eight or nine, maybe ten, I'm not sure, maybe not even that old, trying to play it. And they were getting confused as far as the... the mechanics of how the how you move your your guys and he went and showed them he's like no you, no you, you can't shoot you can't punch while you're while you're moving you gotta do this you gotta do that and, and the uh idea of standing there watching brian colon showing young kids of today how to play this 30 odd year old game just made me really happy the, the next generation carrying on the tradition and all of that uh, it was really cool. I took a picture. I put that. I put that on social media too, and Instagram. So uh, yeah, it was just great, and he was great. Uh, once again, I, I didn't know he was going to be there. So once again, I didn't have anything with me for him to sign. I wish I'd known. Uh, so that was a bummer. I'm hoping I'll run into a, him again, and uh, and I'll take care of that little problem. All right, one more thing before we get to this week's game. Last week on the show, I announced my new initiative, which I blatantly ripped off from another podcaster, as he called it, a, a podcast swap. Uh, I do a, a weekly uh, Atari retro game podcast where I make up a story about the games, but it's also largely a game review show talking about gaming culture and uh, all of that. Lots and lots of you, uh, well, not lots of you, some of you out there are also podcasters or you know of podcasters who podcast about things that don't have anything to do with video games. So here's the idea. I'll come on your show and talk about whatever it is you talk about on your podcast. And in exchange, you come on Atari Bytes and do what we do here, which is talk about Atari games and make up little stories about what's going on in the games. The deal is, you know, we're not going to swap uh, a game podcast for game podcast. It's got to be something that you do that doesn't have anything to do with video games could be a lot of things. I have other interests. Uh, I mentioned Doctor Who. I would love to go on a Doctor Who podcast, but I like a lot of other... Man. Once again, me talk good today. Uh, I, I like a lot of other TV shows too, past and present. Mad Men, Lost, MacGyver, WKRP, The Muppets. I love The Muppets. Arrested Development, The X-Files. I'm also interested... I, I'm a writer. Uh, I like writing and publishing. I like theater. I've written plays. I've been on stage. I'm a dad, I'm in my 40s, there's some stuff there I could talk about, other uh, sci-fi stuff, Star Trek, Star Wars, movies, I like movies, politics, I, I'm kind of interested in politics, whatever, hit me up. If you're a fan of this show and you'd like to come on and do what we do here, send me an idea of what your show is, and if I think there's something that I can say about that, maybe we can work something out. I think it'd be fun. Or if you're, you yourself are not a podcaster, 
uh, send me an idea of someone who might actually know who I am, but isn't you, that you think might be a good fit, let me know, and I'll check them out. Well, that's enough of uh, news for today. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Okay, ladies. Game time. Yeah. Got this new video game by Activision called Freeway. I just plug it into my Atari video game system and really impress the ladies. Of course, with Freeway, you gotta be real good to race your chicken across ten lanes of heavy traffic. You gotta dodge speeding cars, roaring trucks. Sometimes you make it without getting your feathers ruffled. Sometimes... <laughs> ladies, I'm only human. Freeway by Activision. Freeway, 1981 from Activision. Do love us some Activision around here. Uh, so I'm looking at the manual. It's got a, a lovely picture of this really nervous-looking chicken trying to scoot across this uh, multi-lane highway. The front of the manual tells us, if you think driving on a busy freeway is intense, wait till you try to cross it on foot. In Freeway by Activision, your challenge is to guide a chicken across 10 lanes of the most perilous freeway traffic imaginable. Be careful, because... Those speeding cars and trucks don't break for animals. So before you start the chicken across the road, take a minute to read these instructions. You'll find out how to score points by leading your fearless fowl to safety without getting his feathers ruffled by a semi. Alright, this may be the... Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. This may be the lamest entry into the Activision oeuvre that we've had so far. You're trying to lead a chicken across the first half of the Frogger game, basically. But it is what it is. So... Using the joystick controller for this, there are eight possible games. Each game supposedly is takes on the character the road and traffic takes on the characteristic of a particular stretch of highway in the US. Game one is Lakeshore Drive in Chicago at 3 a.m. Game two is Interstate 5, Seattle at 6 a.m. Game three, Santa, Mon- Santa Monica Freeway in Los Angeles, 10 a.m. Game four, Bayshore Freeway, San Francisco at midnight. Game five John Lodge Expressway, Detroit, 9 p.m. Game 6, the Beltway, Washington, D.C. at 6 p.m. Game 7, LBJ Freeway, Dallas, 5 p.m. And Game 8, the Long Island Expressway, New York City, 3 a.m. Later in the manual, there are a little bit more detailed descriptions. If any of you live in any of these areas or have traveled these highways, let me know if what you see and you're familiar with this game let me know what you see on if what you see on the screen is it in any way parallel to what you would actually experience on those stretches of highway the only one that i may have been on would be well i know i've been on lakeshore drive in chicago but certainly not at 3 a.m uh, i'm home in my betty by at 3 a.m pretty much all the time so um, or travel or in a hotel room at 3 a.m. I'm not out at 3 a.m. basically is the point I'm trying to make anywhere whether it's at home or somewhere else um, but yeah I've never been to frankly any of these other places I guess I've been to Los Angeles DCR I've been to, I've been to, I've, fine I've been to a few of these places New York I've been to a few of these places but once again never at 3 a.m. all right using the left joystick controller uh, the chicken on the left, the right joystick controller is for the chicken on the right. Hold the joystick with the red button at the upper left. Once again, my favorite instruction ever. Pushing the joystick forward moves your chicken ahead. Duh. Pulling the joystick back moves your chicken back. Your chicken can move forward and backward only, not side to side. Uh, the red button has no effect. As I mentioned in the field report, I really hate that you can't move your chicken left or right. With the difficulty switch in the B position or down position, your chicken is knocked back one lane 
when struck by a vehicle. With the switch in the A or up, up position, your chicken will return to the curb at uh, the beginning after being struck by a vehicle. The left, left difficulty switch is for the left player, the right switch is for the right player, obviously. Um, start the game by pressing reset. Each time you guide your chicken successfully across the freeway, you are awarded one point. The score for each player is indicated at the top of the screen, directly above each player's chicken. There are 2 minutes and 16 seconds in each game. Seems like a strange number. I wonder if 216 had some sort of secret meaning to David Crane or, or Activision. I don't know, it seems like an odd time. Or is it just a programming thing? I don't know. If anyone has any secret insight into that, let me know. At the end of each game, the traffic comes to a stop and the final score is shown. I didn't really... That explains it. Because there are two chickens on the screen, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, because, I guess, regardless of which game you're playing, it's always a two-player game. I totally missed that. I was confused. And now I'm not. I'm so happy. Special features. When game reset is pressed, the traffic in the game you've selected begins to move. This motion is accompanied by sounds associated with a typical freeway. The drone of auto and truck engines, the honks from the horns of the vehicles, each game has its own combination of these sounds. I guess the only props I would give this game is that, yeah, the sound is awesome for the time. Very realistic traffic sounds, and I did really appreciate that. Should your chicken get hit, he'll chirp and be knocked back after one lane, uh, either one lane or all the way back to the beginning, depending where you've set the difficulty switch. He always gets up, though, and is ready to try again. There are some descriptions of how the traffic's supposed to be moving for each of those towns, like I said. I don't know. I played some of them. I didn't really notice. That's not true. I did notice some difference. I played, for example, I played game one, Lakeshore Drive at 3 a.m. Uh, there's automobiles. There's no trucks. Traffic is thin. Speeds are relatively slow. Yeah, it looked like just regular traffic, but I suppose it probably was slow for Chicago. And then I also played game four, Bayshore Freeway. San Francisco at midnight, and all it is is trucks. And most of them move really fast. And it was clearly a bit more challenging. Games 5 through 8 are similar to games 1 through 4 in the amount of traffic for each game. But take care because the speeds of the vehicles are increased and decreased at random throughout each of the each of those games, without regard to the lane. You really have to be on your toes. Do chickens have toes, per se? Or are they more like claws? I don't know. Because you never tell when the speed of any particular traffic will change. David Crane has some inspiring words in his standard letter that show up in all these manuals where he's the designer. How to become an ace chicken crosser in Freeway by Activision. David Crane is also the designer of Dragster, Fishing Derby, and Laser Blast by Activision. He consistently comes up with highly unusual, imaginative, and challenging games. Quote, as unusual as Freeway is, you still will have to employ some tried-and-true game skills to do well at it. For instance, you must become familiar with the traffic patterns in, any, in order to anticipate and make the right moves. This is especially difficult in games 5 through 8, where traffic speeds can change instantly. You'll notice that clusters of vehicles in each lane travel at generally the same distance apart at the same speed. If a cluster happens to be in a fast lane, you'll have to plan in advance how you're going to get through without being hit. Succeeding a freeway will depend on your ability to develop quick reflexes to avoid the traffic and hit the hole at just the right time. Have fun and watch the traffic. I think hitting the hole should be a, a mantra for all of us, really. That's me, not David. David says, drop me a line. I'd like to hear about your exploits. David Crane. All right, and that is how you play 
Freeway. Wikipedia, the uh, gatekeeper for all true things on the internet, tells us that David Train came up with the uh, idea for this game during the SCES in Chicago when he observed someone attempting to cross Lakeshore Drive on foot. The original prototype version for Freeway was titled Bloody Human Freeway. I'd much rather play that game. A few major differences to the finished product were, at startup, cars were already on the freeway instead of all being lined up on the right side. The scores in Activision logo were yellow instead of pink. Instead of controlling a chicken, the player controlled a man, and instead of being forced down a bit when hit by a car, the character would turn into a streak of blood. Pressing the fire button reset the game. There were some minor differences in the sound used. Gee, I wonder why they tweaked it before they released it. If a player scored 20 or more points on either Road 3 or Road 7 and sent in a photograph of the television screen, Activision would send the player a cloth Save the Chicken Foundation. I forgot to mention that in the manual. Save the Chicken Foundation patch featuring the Activision logo and stylized running chicken image from the game package. Freeway was well received, earning an honorable mention for most innovative game. Really? At the 1982, uh, in 1982, at the third annual RT Awards. Sega Genesis uh, version of Action 52 features a version of Freeway that is very similar in gameplay style to the original, but instead of a chicken, the player controls a dog. Interesting. I still want to play that Highway Bloody Highway, whatever it was called. Bloody Human Freeway. I want to play that game. Homebrewers, get on that. In 2006, the Atari Times thinks that Freeway isn't bad at all, but pales in comparison to the 2600 version of Frogger, Released by Parker Brothers. The 2600 version of Frogger, after all, preserved many of the elements folks went crazy for in the arcades. The fact that Frogger was so good rather rendered Freeway unnecessary in the minds of many, I'm afraid. But there is a redeeming quality to Freeway. The game is an absolute hoot with two players. Believe me, two players competing to see which one can get his chicken to the other side of the road 20 times in the allotted time creates some heated competition indeed. Yeah, that might actually help. I think I agree with that. Very simple game requires a successful player to have good eye-hand coordination and timing. What makes the game difficult is the fact that chicken can only move in a straight vertical line. The graphics are quite good and the animation is top-notch. There's no surprise in the game, of course. Graphically, the thing is very simple, but is simple but very nice. All in all, not a bad game, but seems very unnecessary when the superior Frogger is available. Frogger is one of the better games available for the 2600, and isn't exactly hard to find. In 2009, GameFAQs wrote. The things Activision would do in 1981 just to help a chicken cross the road. The game is pretty is a pretty close ripoff of Konami's Frogger and Atari Space Race. Uh, Frogger, of course, I know very well. I don't know Space Race at all. But this game, this reviewer says that Freeway is much simpler and less complicated. Which seems redundant to me. But anyway, you're timed and the whole game consists of how many times you can get your little chi- yellow chicken across the freeway. Cars have some nice visuals, each lane is different, the chicken is simply a yellow bird, but you can tell it's a chicken. And for such a simple game, everything looks surprisingly good. Uh, Although that's to be expected from a great company like Activision. Sound is good, as a whole it's a fine game. Not as good as Frogger, basically this is the same conclusion. An okay game, but not as good as Frogger. And, you know, in keeping with these reviews, I think you know where I'm headed with my review. But first, after the break, we're scratching around the barnyard. Here, chick, chick, chick. Yeah, that didn't work for me when I was in college either. Baby chicks, gather round. We have much to discuss. There are many questions in the poultry kingdom. 
wire eggs oval, but not quite oval. Got the wider bases. And yet, they do wobble and fall down, even though they're the same shape as Weeble Wobbles. Why do we smell so bad? Why, after the indignity of having our heads chopped off, do our bodies continue to run around? Have our bodies no pride? And perhaps the ultimate philosophical poultry question is this. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Let's go have cake. Alright, I am playing game four, which is the Bayshore Freeway, San Francisco at midnight. Trucks in all lanes, trucks in the lanes closest to the center as well as those closest to the curbs move at the same speed as the trucks in game three. The trucks in lanes two and four move at half the speed of those. You know what? Let's just move some chickens. Wow. That'd be a lot of trucks, yo. And... Stop it. myself in the front that my chicken wanted to die. To be fair, being a chicken can't be all that fun. I'm going for it. Woo! Boom! That's how you do it. Go, plucker! Colored blue, red, and yellow. Just the one, you know, uh, Reaper truck. I guess the Reaper's got to get around some way, too. To be fair to Activision, I don't know. Boom! That's how you do it. I don't know that it's really the Grim Reaper truck. Don't write to me, David Crane. Actually, you know what? Do write to me, David Crane. What am I thinking? Aha! Somebody sat in their office, David Crane, I guess, and decided, you know what? Let's take the, most, uh, the least interesting part of Frogger and make a whole game of it. Uh, I've only been playing Freeway a little bit. And although it looks really good, I like the traffic noises. Uh, add some realism there. Um, but I'm already pretty bored. It frustrates me a little that you can move your chicken up and down, but you can't move it left and right. At least Frogger will let me do that. Ah! It's flashing. Game over, man. Three whole points. Woo! Alright, I'm gonna go have me a chicken sandwich. Back to you in the studio. So here's the thing about Freeway. I've already kind of said it. I don't think they had to take the least interesting part of Frogger and turn it into a whole game. I do like the sounds, the graphics are fine, They're quite good actually for 1981. I just wish there was more here, you know, something to do, okay I got across the road, now what? Or add in some uh, extra elements like uh, not only maybe in the next level not only do you have to dodge traffic but there are uh, World War One fighter pilots or people dropping bombs on you or some sort of predator that eats 
chickens. A fox, maybe. A fox shows up and is chasing you or something. Uh, I don't know. It, it just, I get bored really quickly with this game. Pleasing as it is to look at, sounds really good. I just get really bored really quick with it. So, sorry Activision. I wasn't all that crazy about this one. But you know what I am crazy for? Telling stories about chickens. And once again, we have a pseudo-poem. Poultry brings out the poet in me. You might say, I have to pee-pee. This week's story is called Chicken Feed Freeway. Knew you'd have feathers of white. How'd you get your beak shine so right? Don't know what you're doing, but you must be living right. Yeah. We got some barnyards to see. I brought all the farmers with me. So run across, it ain't no sin. Cross that road, my hot little chicken. City traffic's moving way too slow. Pick up those feet and go, go, go. We going running on the freeway of love. Well, what the heck? We going running on the freeway of love. Along the way, we'll peck, peck, peck. We going running on the freeway of Activision. Gonna run and cluck. Ain't we running on the freeway of Activision? This here chick needs some lunch. Never you mind the exit signs. We can't read a line. We chickens don't quit till we get to the other side. Well, the farm's calling us home, but we keep strutting on. Who, who knows how far a bird can get before you think about sitting on the nest. City traffic's moving now way too fast. Hold your beak high and go, go. Come on, drumsticks, go. We going running on the freeway of love. Poultry on the attack. These cocks are made for fighting, y'all, so better watch your back. We going running on the freeway of love. Why not? What the cluck? Ain't we running on the freeway of love? Our eggs won't crack with great luck. With Diet Coke and chicken fingers in your hand. Kinda think we going for a cluckin' throwdown. Cause I'm a chick, so cruise on into some faraway street. We going running on the freeway of love. Honey mustard all down your back. We going running on the freeway of love. Better run or I'll give you heck. We going running on the freeway of love. Friars against my back. Ain't we running on the freeway of love? All those fast food boys, we do smack. Better cross that road, mother clucker. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompDick.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Show notes for this and other episodes are available at ataribytes.libson.com. Email me, the show, at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And of course, check out the occasional random weirdness that shows up on our Atari Bytes Instagram page. And don't forget to hop on the 101 and zoom on over to iTunes to leave a review. I mean, you could take a different expressway if you want. Digression. Does anyone call it an expressway anymore? Discuss. Oh, and make sure to break for poultry. Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon page, or by picking up Atari Bytes, go play some old games they've missed you shirts, and other stuff at our Zazzle.com store, capital A, capital B, underscore pod, underscore store. Or, you know what? Just type Atari Bytes, and you'll find it. And if you have time, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, where you can fill all your Snoopy and Charlie Brown needs every single month on the 15th. Next time on Atari Bytes. Poo-yawn! 
I have no idea what that means. It sounds kind of like what I say when I stub my toe. But that's the game we're going to play next week. I really don't know what I'm getting into. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,